What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spot Callers, the wrestling show where we talk about off the beaten path, unpopular, and strange shows from the wrestling lexicon. I am Justin, and I'm here with Cyrus. You like that new intro? I was I've been thinking about it for a while. Uh, you know, we we've been going through a lot of intros uh, just in this first year. Yeah. Um, like that period of time where we we uh, we really struggle to do it monthly. So it's yeah. just like we're gonna give it to you thirty days or less or more. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stop. Well, I mean, we we've, we've actually done what it's like two in a month at this point. I think it's, yeah, it's actually been thirty days since the last one. Um, so mm-hmm. pretty damn good in in the end of the year. Uh, how, how how do you feel about the our first? Well, actually, this is it's a year. This is our it's our one year yeah. anniversary uh, here. Uh, it's our first year. Um, uh, it was. It's really fun to do, man. I really enjoy doing these shows. Uh, next year, I'll probably pick a better uh, set of shows for the people. <laughs> no, I think. I think this year alone, <clears throat> we, we've had like some really cool shows. I think that we've done and oh, yeah. some really infamous shows. <laughs> I think. Uh, like not like you know like listener wives or whatever but just like the two stinkers on the show uh was championship of wrestling from hollywood because i wanted to see david arquette wrestle for some reason yeah. <laughs> and then heroes of wrestling <laughs> and, which that was your idea but that show was funny as hell to watch and this is this show that we're doing today is also my idea and we'll get to that in just a second yeah. but we are recording live to you guys on christmas eve it's christmas eve yeah. Uh, what'd you get me, bro? <laughs> I, I think that you, you probably already, or you're getting your gift today, I think. Or you got your gift already. I'm, don't spoil it. I haven't got my, I haven't got my RNC Secret Santa gift yet. I, I, I haven't got my Secret Santa gift either. Um, when I got home, I did see a big ass box in my room. Yeah. And bomb shaped. <laughs> so I was kind of worried. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's it's just a whole bunch of stuff I got uh, from the hospital recently. Yeah, so I, I should be. Clear. I have no clue what anyone could have gotten <laughs> me. I, I think that it, uh, RNC Secret Send is probably my most enjoyable troll of the year. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just really out of pocket. Um, but it, hey, you know we have so many great personalities in our chat and in our mm-hmm. group. There. Uh, come up with these ideas. So I'm really excited to see what everybody gets. I think we're going to be re- revealing it on Christmas Day, I think. Uh, I think Neil said Christmas Eve at like 8 o'clock. Okay, that's perfect then. That's great. Yeah. So uh, where do we start? This month, <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> we are doing e, uh, ECW or WWE ECW December to Dismember 2006. Um one of the most infamous shows, I have to say, of all time, really, of especially of that decade, mm-hmm. uh, for WWE, they had just revived ECW a couple of months before, but about six months before, uh, after One Night Stand, uh, and they were using Rob Van Dam to be the centerpiece of that promotion. It aired on Sci-Fi, which automatically had people like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Why this? And within that first couple of months, Cyrus, uh, a lot of things had happened. Uh, one of them being, of course, RVD. I don't know if you've seen that that the One Night Stand Two show where RVD beat John Cena and was a double. Yeah, I saw that show. That show was sick. <laughs> uh, so yes, that started, and less than a month after RVD, and it, of course, you know, ECW was set to debut, uh, and I think uh, it was like August of that year. Uh, so right before that, RVD and Sabu got busted for having marijuana in their car. I, like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So starting off already on a, on a good note with ECW, Rob Van Dam had to be stripped of the title, and they handed the title off to the big show in uh, in place of Rob Van Dam. Of course, he was in the doghouse and had to be suspended for a couple of uh, a couple of weeks after that, and uh, that kind of led ECW off on on the wrong foot at that point. Uh, you had things like the infamous uh, Hammerstein Ballroom uh, show where they had Batista on the on the card and and everyone was chanting "Change the channel." <laughs> that was a, <laughs> uh, but I mean there were some bright spots on ECW as well. You had CM Punk who had debuted uh, later that year, 
Um, and he was quickly becoming one of the biggest baby faces on the show. Of course, you had Rob Van Dam. He returned, but he was, you know, basically being beaten into oblivion. Uh, but you had a couple of fun matches. You had a Ric Flair match uh, where he was t- where he was in an Extreme Rules match. Oh <laughs> like my god! It's a big show. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that match. I think you'd love mm-hmm. it. Like a death match. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the uh, <laughs> say less. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the network, so uh, you can definitely check that out. So um, they started building up for December to dismember uh, very early. Uh, I, I think around October they started building the card for this, uh, basically announcing that it was going to be uh, a extreme elimination chamber, which means that all of the uh, wrestlers that were in that match would have a weapon in their pot. So and we'll talk about that <laughs> when it comes up. But uh, essentially, you had all of the three biggest baby faces on the show, RBD, CM Punk, and of course, Bobby Lashley, who they were very much behind at that point. And you know what? For a, a lot of it, I could see why they would have him in that position. I think the crowd really liked him at one point during the show as well. But, you know, that leads us to December to December, a show that only had two matches announced before it aired. Oh, man, that sounds reminiscent of, you know, stuff that happened earlier this year. Yeah, and people freaked out about it. And I think that I think back then it was a little bit more scary than it was here because they didn't even have the roster to fill out a card, as you can see, <laughs> to this member. But uh, from they, they booked the show, uh, Augusta, Georgia, December 3rd, 2006. This is the only single ECW pay-per-view during its run. The only one. Oh, Jesus. And right before this, uh, ECW, uh, you know, was in Survivor Series. They had that, that really cool match with DX, uh, CM Punk, and a couple other people, and uh, that elimination match. Uh, but, you know, this was just really kind of the end of, of ECW as kind of like them giving them their own reign here before Vince took over. Uh, there were only, you know, again, two matches announced for this. But even before that, the TV show was a mess. I mean, the ratings were terrible, and the creative was equally uninspired. Paul Heyman seemed to be in in line and in charge of a sinking ship at that point. So uh, let's get into the show. Uh, Essentially, how do you feel feel about the show before we start? Um, You know, you told me that the show is like notoriously bad and I can see why just like just off the matches that they put together. But like we've seen worse in this decade. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh. Like this show to me is like on par with like the first, um, the first uh, roadblock, the one that had like Dean Ambrose versus Triple H. But I like that Dean Ambrose Triple H match. But I think I get what you're saying. I do. That was like the one good match it had. Yeah, just like this, like just like the Elimination Chamber in this pay per view is the only match I like kind of enjoy. Um, like. <laughs> Like if I look back at that roadblock pay per view, there's probably like something that could fill in the space for uh, Eminem and uh, the Hardys, but like I, I can't think of it right now. But yeah, like the pay per view is very average. Yeah, I, I it's a terrible it's a terrible show. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong. <laughs> let, let, let's just be absolutely clear here. The show the show sucks. Okay, <laughs> uh, not indicative of any of the talent there, which. Of which, like, you know, the talent on the show, or the talent in ECW in general was essentially them stretching Paul Heyman's ability to accentuate the strengths and and nullify the weaknesses of its roster. I don't think there were many strengths to begin with with a Mike Knox or a Kevin Thorne. You know, I I just don't think there was much there, you know? So, again, you're kind of behind the eight ball here where you do have to go outside of the actual brand to figure out, um, you know, how to make this show work. And this show goes downhill very quickly. Oh boy, does it! <laughs> yeah, and I and I and to me, I, I'll set the moment where I think it went downhill I, again for the fans and for everybody in, in, involved. So, um, the first match features two teams that were not even in ECW at the time. <laughs> yeah, and Team. commentary, commentary is like this is the last time you're going to see these guys. Oh man, like you might never see these guys in ECW again, and I'm just like, so why'd you put them on the? <laughs> oh, oh, the, I mean, be clear here. Uh, in, in the match, of course, that we're talking about is uh, Eminem, which is uh, Johnny Nitro and Joy Mercury, uh, and Melina versus the Hardy Boys. 
My, mind you, let's just let's, let's let's just keep a scorecard here, okay? So let me go through this with you. <laughs> Eminem were not even a team before this pay per view. They had oh wow. They had reunited specifically for this pay per view because they had broken up a couple of months prior, where Nitro went to Raw to feud with Jeff Hardy. Of course, they were feuding over the Intercontinental Championship at the time, uh-huh. and Joy Mercury stayed on SmackDown because Mercury and Nitro didn't get along, so they split them up. Um. The Hardy Boys were had just teamed back up again. Uh, off of you know, this is of course after Matt had his whole deal with Edge. So this is coming really fresh off of that, uh, just a year prior. Um, this was of course built as a one night only type thing, uh, off of a challenge, a a, uh, a open challenge that the Hardys had at the press conference for December to December, and they set this match up literally like a week before, so a couple weeks before. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, Jeff is incredibly over. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think they cared about anything. Maybe Molina's entrance they cared about, but they didn't care about anything else in this match. But Jeff Hardy. Yeah, uh, Jeff Hardy. Like one thing I noticed, like just on there, like uh, them going down the ramp, they look like the Hardys look very hurt already, <laughs> and I'm just like, man, how like. The fact that they made it to 2019, like God bless them, because Jesus Christ, they look like Matt looks like he's he Matt is walking like he walks down now uh, during Raw, <laughs> like he looks very injured. We're only five years removed, I think, from TLC, so it makes sense why he's looking like that. Like it, 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 you know, they did a lot in their first couple years with the company, and. Yeah. They do a lot in this match, too. Like, a lot of crazy stuff in this match as well. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. And I was just like, like, ow. Like, just, you know, having hindsight or whatever. And it's just like, man. <laughs> Maybe not do that. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff is, like, really, really strong. Yeah. Uh, this, but, I mean, to, to their credit, this team, uh, these teams have a lot of really great chemistry. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, to watching this match between these two. A lot of really fun stuff in the beginning, too. A lot of big spots that they pull off, like powerbomb spot, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Matt doing topes. <laughs> Boy, going wild. Uh, I think uh, when Jeff got the hot tag, uh, man, he was just going insane yeah. for, <laughs> like, uh, getting rid of his stamina bar <laughs> oh, yeah. in quick succession. <laughs> He definitely had, had uh, he was he was fighting with nags <laughs> the whole match. Um, and again, like you're watching really good tag team specialists here, and I think Eminem was a great team. Um, they were definitely one of my favorite teams uh, during that this time period for SmackDown. Uh, they, they were just really really good, and I think they had the character work all all down. And of course, the Hardys are the Hardys, so you put them together, and you're going to get really cool stuff. And, I, and, you know, just to your point, like, Jeff was really, really crisp in the 2000s, man. Like, it, as much as, you know, we get on him, how, how painful it looks for him to, to wrestle today, just seeing him kind of in his prime and, and, and kind of, like, doing all of these moves. Like, the whisper in the wind looked perfect in this match. Yeah. Like, it looked really, really good. I, 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 I really enjoyed uh, just seeing kind of Melina as well. Like she was really like perfect in that heel position. And, and I think that her and Zelina <laughs> are two of my favorite types of uh, managers or, or heel yeah. uh, managers. Um, just, just like their sheer stre- uh, like screeks. Yeah. Or, you know, just uh, siren screams un- alone just makes like, <laughs> it's, it's some really good stuff. And it's like, uh, like surprisingly enough, like it annoys the crowd like a lot. So Easy, easy heel uh, stuff you can do there just by screaming. How do you feel about the Eminem's outfits? They're uh, the 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 boost um, fur. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first when they came out, I just could not stop laughing at Joey Mercury's braids because, <laughs> <laughs> like, especially knowing that he's bald now, like, yo, those braids must have, like, you know, stripped his scalp clean. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, his, his hang time was crazy, but also his yeah. hairline was gone. He had the Stevie Wonder going on that. <laughs> um, I, I I know John Morrison for the uh, you know the boots and the fur, but it was funny to see Joey Mercury in it as well. Yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, of course, we're 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 kind of knee deep in the um, Hardy 
um, Nitro feud for the IC title. So they, of course, had a lot of chemistry going in. So when, when they're when they're in there against each other, oh, it's yeah. basically what their matches look like. And it, they were they were great. And Nitro was doing a lot of stuff that we see today that's normal. Oh yeah, like a uh, lot of his, his like the, sh- the standing shooting star, um, things like that. Like he was doing that all the way back in 2006, and now today they, those are just regular things that Ricochet and like all <laughs> crews do. And back then. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be a special, but now it's just a standard punch. Yeah, like it, it is. And, and, you know, it says a lot about just really where, you know, the, the place of acrobatics and, and wrestling goes. It's like, I can see like people like, you know, Mike Knox sucks, but, you know, like today you can be doing a lot of really, you know, stuff like that, like topes and stuff like that. Like they kind of yeah. relegated it to those guys back in the day. Um, but as far as the match, like I, I thought it was, it was really cool. Uh, one of my mm-hmm. most enjoyable matches on the show. I thought Melina took a really crazy bump off the apron though. That looked like oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh just like not even like just landing. It looked like, you know, uh he really got her in the face. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean and I mean on the replay you could tell it was like a soft kick, like a soft like yeah. little nudge, but she flat backed on the freaking ground. <laughs> and I was like, dog, that didn't look like it was enjoyable at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh shout out, you know, she's a strong woman, so shout out for, to her for taking that bump. But dang it, it looked like it really hurt there. So um, the finish comes when Matt does a double twist of fate off of the second rope, which looked really great, but mm-hmm. ends up with uh, Mercury laying on Nitro and Jeff just killing them <laughs> with a <the laughs> swanton on his back. Like, it looked yeah. like it hurt. No, that's the Indies, baby. <laughs> yeah, it... it, it Looked really, really painful, but that was the finish of the match. Uh, really, really solid matches, especially solid opener. They gave it a lot of time. This was like 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I guess they must have known. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, let these vets, you know, like really like uh, structure this card while I figure out what to do for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, really good stuff from both teams. Uh, you know how earlier they said this was going to be the last time they would do this? Mm-hmm. They did it the next month, and in <laughs> a fatal four-way ladder match at Armageddon. I don't know if you've ever seen this match, Cyrus. This is the uh, the iconic match where Joey Mercury's face exploded after a ladder hit him in the face. You know what? I do remember seeing this way back when, uh, when uh, you know, just flipping the channel and seeing. Uh, seeing like a replay on a SmackDown or a Raw, I don't remember. But yeah, I do remember seeing his face just like exploding. Yeah, it, it was a really, really scary moment, a really crazy moment as well. Mm-hmm. I, he, he would go on to uh, have a face mask gimmick uh, after after <laughs> that whole thing. But the Hardys and Eminem, they feuded right up to No Way Out of in February of that year. So no, it was not a one-time only deal. But uh, they, they did go on to, to face each other a couple more times. And Joy Mercury was let go uh, early, I believe, uh, early 2007. So he was let go. He'll be rehired, right? Yeah, he will be back uh, around, uh, I think, five years after that with with yeah. Seth Rollins and uh, uh, Jan yeah. Security. Yeah. Uh, there's an RVD promo. It is terrible. Uh, moving on. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to get into it. It's bad. <laughs> It's garbage. It, it is really bad. But at this point, like, RVD just looks so drained. Like, this whole year has taken out a lot of, like, imagine having everything and then losing it all in, like, one, literally one week. For some butt. <laughs> well, well, it was crazy because he got arrested. He lost the WWE title on, on I, I think, the, the very next Because I know he lost the ECW title on TV. He lost his big show on TV. And that's when Paul Heyman turned on him, and which led to Paul Heyman being the, the heel. Hmm. Um, I think he left, he lost it at Vengeance, I think, that, that very next pay-per-view. And I don't think he was supposed to lose it yet, but he lost it to Edge. Oh, damn. So, yeah, he lost it. He lost, within a week, he lost everything. So it, it, was, it was actually a really crazy set of circumstances. Um, the next match, Matt Stryker versus Balls Mahoney. Stryker's rules match. Woof. Here we go. <laughs> The pay per view goes downhill at this point. Um, if and you're, the, uh, <laughs> to, to you, it goes downhill, right? Like, the, this is yes. your moment, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if it wasn't that RVD promo, it's definitely this match. Um, I've only seen one Matt Striker match, 
and it was uh, in WCPW versus, I think, um, Joe Henry, just uh, like a British wrestler. Yeah. Not a big fan of, uh, <laughs> not a big fan of Matt Stryker. Um, and if, if I was in a, uh, ECW arena and you told me these were the official rules of the match, I would be very upset. Yeah, well, the idea here, and this would be like a, a huge storyline because Matt Stryker would eventually join kind of like a a, uh, a new team of wrestlers that were against the ECW values uh, toward the toward the top of 2007. They would be like uh-huh. a big a big stable, uh, and I think I believe Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai and um, a couple and Marcus Corvon before he debuted or after he debuted, they would be like the new ECW guys that there were the big heels. But it was kind of starting this this whole story of. Um, guys in ECW that hate ECW rules. And that became a trope <laughs> during the, this whole run of ECW. Yawn. <laughs> like, just, yeah, man, we're going to have, you know, ECW, but take out a lot of the extreme out of the name, you know? And it's just like, whatever. It is yeah. what it is. It, it, it is. It, it was not good. And, and I think that they, they went to the well too many times with that that style uh, mm-hmm. in ECW within the, within the first year. But um, Matt Stryker comes out. He cuts a promo. Uh, I, I, at this point, I had forgotten that Matt Stryker, what he looked like wrestling, uh, because he was actually an active wrestler here. But uh, he, he said he sets the rules against Ball's favor, like no foul language, no no weapons, uh, stuff like that. Balls comes out, and so in order to to counter you know counter this, they want Balls Mahoney out there doing wrestling moves and hip tosses. That's and I hate like. The fact that people still use this gimmick to like till this day that, oh, you know, I guess it's like the easiest thing you could do is just like extreme wrestler can't actually wrestle. And then, you know, less than three minutes into the match, you find out that Balls Mahoney is a like a really good amateur wrestler, like, you know, uh, just has like a really good uh, amateur wrestling background. And it's just like just negates it. (laughs) Like uh, ball balls Mahoney isn't really like uh, struggling in the ring at all. Yeah. So it made me like, why? Why even put this match together? Like this is the this is the match that you put on TV, and then you have the actual Extreme Rules match after pay per view. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I I I think that there was a lot of like scary moments here where it's like <clears throat> you don't go to see balls Mahoney match to see him doing leapfrogs. Yeah. You know, like, and he tried to do a leapfrog over, over a striker. And almost, yeah, he almost clipped him. And I was just like, this, this is just terrible, like, just objectively terrible. And he just looked really terrible doing mm-hmm. all of the stuff. Like, it's a slow match as well. Like, I, I don't think Striker was necessarily the, the best guy to have him out there doing this with either. Yeah. Um, um, it, it reminded me of like uh, when Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin was feuding way back. And Dolph Ziggler wanted to have like a technical wrestling match with yeah. Baron Corbin, and then he just kicked him in the nuts. And I was just like, I kind of wish that match just ended like that. It, it would have saved me a lot of time. <laughs> so uh, Balls wins. He hits his finisher, uh, mm-hmm. and he wins. That, that I mean, I give it one star. In fact, I, I give the opener, I, which I, I forgot we were doing star ratings. I give the opener three and three and a four, uh, three or four stars. Almost. Uh, four. Yeah, I gave it three. I I would give this match one. Yeah, I gave it one star. Yeah. Um, so this is the moment to me where the match or not the match, the show goes downhill. Sabu is seen backstage laid out in the back, uh, which means that he had to be removed from the extreme elimination chamber. The crowd turns on this immediately. And I believe this is the point where they turn on the entire show because they start chanting bullshit and TNA throughout the rest of the next match. Um, do you know the real reason why he was removed from this? Yes. Uh, Sabu was not a favorite backstage. Um, it just, he was, he was Sabu. You know, he was, he's okay. a guy that's used to um, kind of chaotic backstage environments. Um, he, he, you know, was seen as uninterested and in, in uninvolved uh, just in, in terms of things that he had to do for the shows weekly. Like he didn't want to do matches that didn't have violence in them. So for a large part of ECW's uh, initial run, he was beaten, you know, just a lot. You know, they, they used to beat him down a lot. And he would just be like at one point he would when RVD uh, was out and he wasn't in contention. They had Sabu was kind of like the top baby face there. And they had him being, you know, beaten a lot on TV. 
However, he still remained one of the most popular characters on the show because he's Sabu. And um, they they just felt as though, like, you know, they didn't need him in this match. They didn't feel as though he was serious about it. Uh, and they wanted more heels for Lashley to beat during the Elimination Chamber. So they just took him out to put one more heel in the match. Because it was, at one point, very face-heavy uh, with having Sabu there. And it would have been, to me, a lot more interesting of a match to have the the all the top baby faces in Punk, RVD, and Sabu facing each other, uh, or in Lashley as well, because it was a very face heavy uh, match at that point. But it would have been interesting to see all of them face each other and see who would win against the Big Show, because he had the the essentially he had the, the deck against him, and yeah. the match they went with it was absolutely in his favor. So it didn't make any sense at that point. <laughs> So uh, the next match was Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai versus the FBI, Guido, and Tony Mameluk with Trinity. Uh, they were really pushing Sylvester Turkai at this point. Uh, that's why they gave him Elijah Burke, who was a great mouthpiece, not a very great wrestler. But um, as you can tell, they, they wanted him. They, they saw a lot in him and they wanted a lot from him. And that's why they paired him with the FBI, who were, of course, they were very, very elite and, and well-traveled. Um, wrestlers at that point, so they, they wanted to kind of get them over uh, by using those guys. So that that's the story there. Um, cage match time. <laughs> so, throughout a lot of this match, uh, I don't think the match is particularly too great. So I just opened another tab and I just did some research. FBI no longer active. Last match, May 2018. <clears throat> Elijah Burke. Um, he wrestles in a, uh, he wrestles in Teddy Long's promotion down here in uh, in Florida. Um, oh, okay, fighting Evolution Wrestling. A lot of people wrestle there. Like Private Party used to be there. Um, what is it? Uh, the, they, they were on SmackDown like during the earlier years. Uh, during the, I forgot their name. Sorry. Uh, Paul, Lund- Paul London. And- no, um, Crash and the other dude. Oh, Crash and Harper Holly. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no! Not Crash and Hardcore Harley. Uh, they wear like they wear the uh, the plaid skirts, and they're on SmackDown for a little bit for some reason. Oh, um, the 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 uh, I know who you're talking about the Highlanders. Yeah, that might have been their name. Or, 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 or wait a minute, you're talking about skirts. You're talking about the Thrashers. Yes, the Thrashers. Yes. Yeah, the uh, Thrashers. Okay. I fo- I follow them on Instagram, and they do a lot of Throwback Thursdays, and like a lot of people that are on AEW now and stuff like that, or like uh were on those shows. So it's okay. really cool. cool. Um, so Turkey, uh, last match was in 2015 in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, he didn't last very long in the WWE at all. So yeah. he, he would, he would be gone uh, literally, I think at the like mid 2007, I think. He has uh, like, he has one of those like sneaky, like really like uh, extensive uh, careers in Japan. Yeah, like I searched up his name and a whole bunch of like you know like fan cam from like uh, Japanese promotions were there. So I'm gonna take a peek at those at some point. Uh, as far as the match, which I mentally and emotionally checked out of, uh, I thought that the FBI tried, but Elijah and Sylvester <laughs> they were green as dog shit. Like they were really, really like you could tell this was like a very um very choreographed you could tell like they they mm-hmm. practice this a lot I, I i'm guessing they they probably had this match a lot during like house shows and stuff like that in live yeah. live events but <clears throat> it just wasn't working I, I think elijah would improve when they when they made him le- wrestle less uh, elijah did have a very 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 uh long feud with cm punk next year that, <laughs> that would, would last about half of the year um, and I thought that they they both uh, had really great matches with with Punk, who at that point was a ring general. But right here, I, I just don't think that um, I don't I don't think it was good at all. Um, I thought I thought Sylvester looked uh, interesting. So because you know, like but right now, he? he was just MMA dude. But he and, was doing like big Braun. He was doing, he was on Braun Strowman spots. Like yeah, and you know what? That's the stuff that you know. That happens a lot out there now. Like I could see this dude at a GCW, you know, I could see this dude being like the next uh PCL that everybody goes crazy for for a couple months, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I uh watching this, I was just like, man, 
like imagine if they brought him back for like Bloodsport or something, and like people would go absolutely crazy for him. Yeah, they. I, I think they would. <laughs> just obscure. He would just yeah, love right? obscure, obscure shit, and they they would love him. <laughs> um, Elijah and Turkai win after Elijah hits the Elijah experience. The crowd is dead. I think that oh, last man. angle. They they. I think that wouldn't. That's what made the match worse. I think that the Sabu angle. It it really just killed them. I, I think it took out all interest in them. They knew what was happening. They knew what was going on. I think there were a lot mm-hmm. more smart smart fans in that crowd than they took them they took for granted for. And I think they knew exactly what WWE was doing and why they were doing it and who they were setting the main event up for. <laughs> yeah. Um. The angle the angle continues after the after the break with uh with RVD and CM Punk uh, seeing Saibu off into the into uh the ambulance. Uh, which leads us to <laughs> Davari and the Great Khali versus Tommy Dreamer. Mind you, the last three matches we talked about, or last two matches we talked about, have not been announced. So imagine you're in the arena and you pay money to see this show and you don't know what's going on and you see this match trotted out in front of you. <laughs> also, mind you, this has been going, this is an angle that has been going on on TV for quite some time. Paul, man, <laughs> terrible. And like a lot of these matches are like not like pay per view, like worthy in my opinion. Like a lot of these matches, like are like second hour of TV level of like good, you know, yeah. or like they're not like a lot of these matches are cold or like people just don't care and it's like it's hard for me to care especially with the like the wrestling that's going on yeah it it, it, it they're tv matches man like they're they're a bunch of tv matches this is a big example of one and the match after this is a is a even bigger example of just a match that nobody wanted to see um just i put in my notes imagine paying money to see this <laughs> like, they announced no matches like this was a shock to a lot of people like I, I couldn't get involved with it. It's not a very long match. Uh, Davari wins with a lot of a lot of BS uh, with with a roll mm-hmm. up uh, with, with the tights. This this show got worse in record time. I, I didn't even rate this one. Um, Kali comes back out, and of course you got to have Tommy Dreamer do some stupid shit on a show where uh, the the bump that Dreamer took to get Kali ejected was one of the dumbest bumps I have ever seen. Just stupid, just stupid bumps. I I mean. That bump, the 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 choke bomb on the on the ramp, just mm-hmm. stupid. Like it, it, no one, no one's gonna remember that bump. No one remembers this bump. No one thought this bump was was amazing. Like over ten years later, no one's talking about it. You know, it, it's just it was just ridiculous, man. Like get out of here with this stuff, <laughs> yo. Like it's terrible. Uh, Heyman, another rec- awful match. <laughs> yeah, another terrible match. I didn't even rate this one. Um, Heyman recruits Horrorcore Holly to replace Sabu. The crowd shits on this bad. They the, the, the bullshit chance to restart. Can I mention that Heyman just looks tired? Mm-hmm. Like he looks exhausted. He looks literally exhausted right now. I uh, I, t- I tweeted out just you know uh, you know tweets that we're doing the show, and I just had this one screenshot where Paul Heyman just like has his like just full face palm, and it's like hilarious to me. <laughs> oh, they, they, oh, and, and I'll talk about I'll talk about that is uh, as well. It, it is, whew, it's a lot of stuff that happens. This show is is literally the reason why, you know, Paul Heyman left. Mm-hmm. Essentially, um, God, this next match. Did you watch this whole match? Uh, when you are hyped up on meds. And can't uh, go back to bed by yourself. You have no choice but to sit up and endure this match. Yeah, uh, this match sucks. Kevin Thorne in Ariel versus Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly. The story behind Kevin Thorne and Ariel. Um, Heyman was going for. Heyman was going for. Uh, did we did, did we mention Trinity's outfit a couple months ago? Uh no, but boy, <laughs> did you zoom? Um, <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> but Melina in that first match, best believe I zoomed. Wahoo! <laughs> but um, but Ariel no. here. 
My first, my first notes was, "Hey, yo, Damian Priest or Dark Order need to get on Kevin Thorne's level, bro. <laughs> they need to get them an aerial, bro." Uh, well, the idea of, of these two came from Heyman wanting ECW to have very off the wall and counterculture ideas, um, more so than in the '90s. Uh, and these examples included, at the time. There were things called bite clubs where people who dressed mm-hmm. as vampires would have parties <laughs> where they bit each other. And it this t- is where it <laughs> said you could catch him at one. <laughs> Taz is great this whole show. Let me just be clear. Taz is great. This Taz whole show. is wild. <laughs> um, so, of course, you had people like Kevin Thorne. You had the zombie, which I don't know if you've seen the first episode of ECW on sci-fi. But the zombie was in the first match. And it was literally a zombie that walked out and wrestled. Uh, these were the ideas that Heyman had coming into this. So, you know, a lot of people blame. And let's be clear, man. Like, a lot of people blame Vince and, and everyone for WWE ECW and why it failed. Um. I think everyone is to blame here. I, I, I honestly <laughs> think it was a, I think everyone it was a bad idea. I, I think that if you if you look at what ECW would eventually become uh, in in this in in this incarnation, it became kind of what NXT is today. Uh, it, it was mm-hmm. it's where Miz and Morrison uh, had their you know all of their stuff going. It's where Kofi Kingston debuted. It's where. Uh, Sheamus was at for for a long time as well. Like it was, it's where you bred the new stars. That's what it should have been from the beginning. But it shouldn't have been called ECW. This this isn't ECW. You know, th- this is something. It's this not ECW. A, like you know, I, I look at old gifs of ECW and stuff, and you know, a lot of crazy stuff, table stuff, the Mike Awesome stuff, all that. But there is way too much technical wrestling happening on this show. Yeah. And it, and at this point, I was just like, maybe, like, uh, I think uh, at the FBI match, I was just like, you know, maybe they'll turn it up uh, for the Tommy Dreamer match. And then they did it. And I was just like, are they saving everything for the main event? And then, like, barely. No, it, it, it doesn't even it doesn't even reach that, that level at all. Um, we're not even talking about this match. Like, I. Oh, man. The, the match continues, and be clear, CM Punk had a lot of a lot of um, feuds at the time, or a lot of feuds that, that would mm-hmm. intersect, that he intersect in, um, which is why you got the Kelly Kelly thing, because Punk and Knox had, like, I think they had, like, four matches in a row where Punk beat Knox decisively. And, of and, course, go ahead. And that just makes Kelly Kelly turn on him. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and Kelly w- was in love because she was, you see, of course, with the bike clubs, you had Kelly Kelly as the exhibitionist. So oh, Kelly yeah. would come out every week and she'd do dances and bikinis and stuff like that. In this match, she's more dressed than Ariel. Well, Ariel has, has literally her ass out in she this had, match. Like, she she has like this, you know, like the gothic mini skirt going on, and then she like bends over on the rose, and there's like literally nothing underneath. And the cameraman is just like, you know what? This is some good stuff. <laughs> Let me zoom. <laughs> so, um, the Mike Knox Kelly Kelly thing was, was one of CM Punk's uh, feuds that he was intersecting in. I, of course, earlier. Um, I mentioned that he was uh, kind of in a few or would be getting in a few with Elijah Burke very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a lot for him. And of course, in being undefeated and having such a small roster, he had pretty much beaten everyone but the top level guys that were in the, in the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly does wish CM Punk good luck continuing that one-sided feud. I put in my notes. I che- I'm checking out mentally. Uh, Kelly um, is awful. <laughs> Kevin Thorne. Kevin Thorne. Is awful. <laughs> Mike Knox does a a he turns on Kelly mid match, which no one gives a shit about. No one yeah. cares. Well, people kind of care. Like they boo him, of course, but like they don't really care. And yeah. uh, I think the the rest of my notes, uh, Green not doing a uh, not doing a cage match search on uh, Mike Knox, and uh, these are the same mixed tag rules that are implemented today. Yeah. So, 
Why are people mad at the Mix Max Challenge? Uh, I guess because they want they want full on intergender, probably. Oh, you kind of got that. You kind of got that in the uh, the Hardys match, though. Yeah, Melina. But uh, this match was terrible. Um, fuck this match. Uh, my, this match is uh, awful, say. Kevin Thorne and and, and uh, Ariel win. Also, Kevin Thorne, <laughs> I, I believe, would start getting beat. Oh, I think Kevin Thorne had gotten beat by Punk as well. I think I think at this point, Punk had beaten pretty much everyone except Holly. Lashley and Big Show, I think he'd beaten everyone. The like except for like the, the baby faces, obviously. He he yeah. he had like he was beating up uh, the the what, what's the guy uh, Shannon um, Shannon the Hardy Hardy's guy. I forgot I forgot his name. He was he was like a punk on the show. Uh, Don't ask me, man. Beautiful historian on this one. It was there was a really cool moment, and I, I'm going to send you the. Uh, um, I'm gonna send you the video of this. It was a really cool like backstage. It was Shannon Moore. It was a guy that uh, the Hardys had trained. He 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 had reinvented himself as uh he he was Matt Hardy's little uh like lackey at one point, and then he reinvented himself in ECW as a punk. He had like the the punk hairdo and everything. Mm-hmm. And one time in a backstage thing, like punk came up to him and slapped him in the face and basically was like, "You're not a real punk." And then proceeded to beat him in like one minute. Jesus, it was. Amazing! It was really, 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 really like, <laughs> like I was just like, yo, they're they're making Punk out to be the biggest badass in the world. Um, so Elimination Chamber. Oh, we're not gonna talk about oh the, the uh, last promo. No, uh, the scumbag of the earth that is uh, Sandman coming out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot. Sandman. Like, <laughs> Sandman. One of the most extreme bad. things on the show. Yeah, Sandman comes out and, and saves Kelly Kelly uh, from being further beat up by Ariel, which is like, why why are they continuing to beat her up? Like she, she's not no, a wrestler. Yeah, there's no established feud there, uh, but they they continue to beat her beat her up. Uh, Sandman comes out and uh, he canes uh, he canes Kevin Thorne. He beats him up pretty bad. There you yeah, go. like Dude. viciously, and I was just like, this is kind of getting uncomfortable. But one of the most extreme things on the show. Let me be clear. I thought this was the best, the best book thing on the show was having Sandman not have a match. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then him coming out and beating up some nobody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was that was, and and they would have him do that during the shows, and I thought that it was spectacular. <laughs> now, as at the top of 20, 2007, this would stop, and they would actually have Sandman doing matches. <laughs> so there you go. He was gone very shortly after this as well. Um. Lashley cuts a promo with Rebecca, who I, I don't think she lasted long either. She was objectively awful, awful as well in her role. Lashley, green, green, <laughs> very oh, green. Man, Lashley looks the same, but somehow he looks leaner, he looks leaner and better now, though. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll probably like you, you're gonna have to put him side by side, but like <laughs> same old ball milk to the head. <laughs> But yeah, la- but like Lashley looks visibly scared. <laughs> he was, like, he was, he looks like a deer in headlights. He essentially skipped developmental. Like when Vince saw him, he 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 had him <laughs> up immediately. Rock hard. Yeah, he he loved him some Lashley, and you would see that in the in the next year with Vince actually coming down to ECW to actually have matches with him. So he was trying with Lashley at least, and mm-hmm. you know. It's 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 amazing to to see him now and, and and you know see his positioning. They really had a lot of their eggs in the basket with with Bobby Lashley in two thousand six. Yeah, um, Big Show looks really big, man. <laughs> Compared to uh, your Rob Van Dam's in this match, yeah. He, but I mean, was... compared to what he looks like today, like he looked. Oh very, yeah, Big Show. Tough. Big Show lost a lot of weight. Uh, just in this, uh, you know, in the past like three years, yeah, he looks more. Uh, he looks a lot healthier. Like he doesn't have as big as uh, he doesn't have that big of a gut anymore. Yeah, like uh, he certainly looks healthier today than he did back then. So this is the first and last, as you can tell, extreme elimination chamber match. There was never, n- never one again. So you're watching a one of one when you watch this paper. <laughs> And you know, you know what's funny to me is that Heyman is just like this genius idea, 
of extreme, uh, extreme elimination chamber. And I was just like, dog, you just took something else and you just threw some weapons in it. Oh, like, we're, <laughs> this isn't like a monstrous, like, like a mind blowing idea. We are going to talk about this Heyman promo in just a second. Uh, this is also the shortest elimination chamber, 24 minutes. I was going to ask you, is this one of the shortest elimination chambers? Absolutely. You have to remember, like, these matches go, even today, these matches go at least 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. Thank God this match went 24. I was it's, fading. It's very, very short. So um, Heyman comes out, and he cut. Once, when you watch this, you didn't get the context before, because you don't really know everything that was going on behind the scenes at that point. Yeah. I but would. you... It's a very eerie promo about how when hey, when Ric Flair dies, the woos go with him. But when Paul Heyman, he said when he dies, uh, ECW will live on. This was, it's hard not to think that this was an allusion to the backstage issues between himself and Vince. And the fact that he was let go of the company immediately after this pay-per-view aired. I, th I think uh, him saying... Hulkamania dies with Hulkamania, which is probably the only thing that's going to be true. Yeah. <laughs> I think Vince was just like, what? It, it, is, huh? it is very hard not to think that he was alluding to the, I, I think knowing that this was it for him and that yeah. he had lost control of this and whatever happens in this match, I'm so, it was essentially him saying, I'm sorry. It was literally like, it, it felt like a cry for help at this point. Uh, here, just seeing this promo and hearing it, um, when Hayden shouts out the Big Show, someone and well, it was a really good promo. Let me just be clear there. Also, it was it was yeah, a good promo. Right. Right. But when he shouts out the Big Show, someone in the crowd shouts, "He's going to retire next year." He retired that same week. Oof. Yeah, Big Oof. Show said he was going to retire. He did. He, this was at the point where he did not renew his uh, contract. And he said that he was going to be taking time off. He would take time off. Uh, and I think it took about a year off. I think it came back a, a year later, uh, in like 2008, at like No Way Out or something like that. He did return. Um, what a first year for CM Punk, though. He was already in a main event, no matter oh, how yeah. bad this was. But at this point, he was undefeated. And, he, you know, it, the sky was was the limit for him. He was probably the, probably the second most over guy in this match. Yeah. I think he was just over just, you know, people being familiar with his uh... – his ROH stuff or just like his stuff on the indies in general. So everybody was like really behind him. And then, you know, of course everybody was behind Rob Van Dam just being ECW. I mean, yeah, yeah ECW. I, and I mean, even just down to Punk's look, I mean, no one in that match looked like him. And, yeah. and, to, and to RVD's credit, nobody in that match looked like him either. And I, and I think that's why people love them so much in this role. And I, and, I, and you know, what happens to them is, really one of the most perplexing booking decisions i have to say of all time maybe like it just didn't make any sense the the decisions that they made during this match but having cm punk there uh you know next to test who looked like a freaking blimp uh was was just really confusing to me at that at that point uh what one really cool moment of trivia the original two people that were supposed to start this match was supposed to be cm punk and big show oh wow so Big that Show, crazy. Big Show and Heyman had this idea where Big Show wanted to put Punk over in this match. He said he wanted to tap to the Anaconda Vice clean. Damn, Heyman! Literally, and well, it was Heyman's idea. Big Show cooperated with it. He said he wanted to put over. He he was a real big fan of Punk, and said he wanted to put over Punk really huge and, and make a new star and in, in him. And he wanted to be the first person out of the match, and they wanted to be eliminated in less than a minute by Punk, just by showing. Because at that point, they wanted Punk to be like the big MMA, you know, kickboxer guy, and that any you know any moment he could beat anyone. So they wanted to have that finish. Vince hated this idea. Oh. Come on, Vince. He missed it immediately and said, absolutely not. This will not be happening. So that's why we didn't get that. Oh, damn it, Vince. That would have been hard. It was yet another example of, of them really not having a lot of faith in Punk. Um, he was, it was designed for him to essentially win this match and become the champion here. He would not become the champion until 2008 and only after 
Chris Benoit's incident happened and after Morrison won the title and after Morrison got popped for a wellness violation. That's the only time Punk won the ECW title. Mm. Yeah, really, 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 really fucked up circumstances here. Uh, but RVD and Holly to start, RVD bleeds immediately <laughs> because he's just going a mile a minute. Something's yeah. up with this match. I don't know if you could tell. Um, this match ends ended at 10.15 p.m. when it, when it aired. It, it was the shortest WWE pay-per-view. Uh, it was $38 to buy, and it ended well under the three-and-a-half-hour mark. So they were speeding through this. Absolutely. And you could tell in this match, they, these guys are just going a mile a minute. Like, uh, Hardcore Holly goes for a really stupid spot early, which uh, follows up, uh, which ends, uh, which follows up with the really cool spot, which is probably my favorite spot in the show, is the Rolling Thunder into the outside. I don't know. I think the Rolling Thunder is really cool. Yeah, it was really, really good. I mean, and, and I did like that they got the, the blood and stuff out the way early. Mm-hmm. They, they were like, okay, this is this is going to be what it is. Very weird. Like, it's it's very jarring to me when I see blood nowadays, when it's not, like, accidental, like, on, like, the yeah. show. Like, it's, when it's accidental, it's like, okay, okay, we, we knew this wasn't supposed to happen. Here, it's just like, yo, just let's just bleed. You know, it's just like... <laughs> yeah. Let's get it out of the way. Let's start it. Uh, Punk is out next. And at this point, I put in my notes, it felt like the time intervals were sped up. I didn't feel like a full oh, five yeah. minutes. It felt like about two and a half before Punk came out. Um, Punk and RVD have a really cool moment with, with, with the spot with the chair. But <laughs> that's, <laughs> I thought that spot was sick. It, it was pretty cool. Um, you could tell that they were planning on having just a more... Um, thought out match in in section than they had with Holly in there. Of course, the the setup of this just makes no sense at all to me. In general, you have two really unover heels versus three really over baby faces, and Lashley mm-hmm. and and RVD. And it's just like this was never going to work unless they did what they did in this match. Of course, you had RVD eliminate Punk, which uh, again, this is this is they hated this and mm-hmm. they. Still- immediately and i think after this happened and after the next elimination happened it pretty much it it, it settled that this match was not going to be put over well with the fans uh, how do you feel about the punk elimination him being eliminated first it it didn't like it didn't seem real like it seemed <laughs> like a, it seemed like a ref botch honestly and they, there actually would be a ref botch mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um i like Honestly, man, after Tess is in this match and then they have like that two minute, two to three minute interval where nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> my eyes are in the back of my head. <laughs> um, I at the moment at the time in, in you know, 2006, I was with these fans. I thought it was a really terrible idea that Punk was let out. And it is really still a terrible idea that he was eliminated first. Mm-hmm. I I think it softened the blow a little bit by having RVD do it. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I think, test, they would have yeah. threw trash in there in the arena. That would have been hard. Um, Punk's eliminated with the five star uh, test kicked Holly and eliminated. He, he gave him like the, the test kick and eliminated Holly 10 seconds later in a weird spot where he had kicked out, but he still lost. And at that point I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I could tell the ref was probably like, it's time to go home on this. Oh, damn. Yeah, that, after that happened, I was just like, oh, yeah, that was a ref botch. And then, yeah, watching the show, I was overly medicated. You know, I took all my medicine and stuff. So, like, the rest of this match is a, like a blur of just, like, really nothing happening. Yeah, and, and really fast eliminations for an elimination chamber match where the, yeah. the whole point is you have to, you know, yeah, it's all about getting well, well. You know, no elimination chamber really ends until everyone's in the ring, anyway. Yeah, well, that's why it was weird. It was just like not they all six of them did not meet in the ring at one at one time, and that's why this match didn't work for me. Um, Tess did the elbow from the top of the, the cell in a really crazy spot, uh, mm-hmm. and he eliminated RVD, which leads to that moment uh, where the crowd can tell what's about to happen, and they're turning on it really quick with loud bullshit chants. Tess is in the ring. For over two minutes, because of the timing mishap between the the uh, Holly RVD and Punk eliminations, I don't think those eliminations were supposed to happen that fast. Also, like uh, 
I don't like I really don't think it's five minute intervals because they never show five minutes on like the screen. Well they show, they show the time counting down, but they never show the yeah. time counting down to one. Yeah. Also they never show it starting from five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every time you see the timer, it's either at three minutes, two minutes, or ten seconds. So uh Tess is in the ring by himself. And when it's Lashley's turn to go out. Uh, Heyman's goons, uh, which are wearing the, the riot gear, which that was, the, that was the gimmick at that point. They try and hold Lashley in the chamber. Lashley uses a table to tear a hole in the roof. I didn't think too much of it, but I thought it was a cool spot just to see Lashley yeah. be a little bit more inventive than the strongman style. And, and it put over the cell, like the cell being very strong to a point oh, yeah. where like, Lashley couldn't just kick his way out of it, even though they kind of, they're, they're like, they don't do that anymore. Like the cell, they just throw them through it in these newest cell matches. Like it yeah. doesn't even matter. Like the cell's always getting destroyed in these matches. Like the cell is unforgiving steel, like, uh, like 400 pounds of unforgiving steel or whatever. But those plexiglasses, weak as shit, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Lashley beats the shit out of Tess for like a minute, and the spear finishes finishes him, leaving Lashley to wait for the big show for like one minute. All <laughs> right. So for for the uh, <laughs> for the Lashley and Tess stuff, if like close like squint your eyes a little bit, that'll look like Roman Reigns to you. Oh God. <laughs> Like that doesn't look like the Roman Reigns finish. I think that actually happened. Yes, yeah. I think like, we, we, uh, we the, won a couple years ago. Yeah, like the double, like hitting both sides into the sphere. You know, like, uh, like I squint my eyes a little bit. And I saw the big dog. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little reminiscent. It's a little, yeah. but that's because when you give all your top baby faces the spear, that's you gotta kind of. Yeah, do no, that. I'm, I'm, I'm not hating on it, but it was just like you know, just squint your eyes a little bit. A little Romanish, a little Roman. Yeah. Uh, the crowd is out of this match. You know, they they like Lashley. I think they they don't boo Lashley altogether. Yeah. But I don't think that they like Lashley as much as they like RVD and Punk, and that's very you know very yeah. noticeable. Yeah, it's very clear here. Um, Lashley beats down on Big Show for like two minutes. Uh, Show does bleed. He, he throws Show through the, the plexiglass in a really cool spot. Show is giving Lashley a lot. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, like I he like all the stuff that he was probably gonna give to Punk and our like you know the other baby faces, you know, he just gave it all all to Bobby Lashley in this one spot, uh, in this like one match, and I thought it was okay. I thought it was really good. Yeah, this is probably my favorite point of the match, other than the, the Punk RVD section. But uh, Lashley finishes show with the spear. Uh, I give this one one star. I I didn't like it. It was it was bad. Oh damn, for real, one star. Yeah, uh, I, I probably give it one and a half. Like, yeah. <laughs> you thought you were gonna give it three? You're like, oh damn. Just oh one. no, no. Like, uh, just like the save, like uh, just the saving grace of like some of the spots were in the match, like uh, CM Punk like dodging RVD's kicks into giving him a leg drop into the chair. Yeah, like I thought that was hard. <laughs> um the spot where RVD gets slammed into the chair and then uh, Punk, like, kicks it. I thought that was fire, too. Um, the test uh, test elbow drop was really good as well. Um, it, but there's, but you, you see your name, you're naming a lot of cool spots, but nothing about the actual match itself. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, I thought the gimmick of the weapons being in uh, each individual pods was really dumb. Oh yeah, it was, it was pretty good. They were hyping up the barbed wired bat, and then Bobby Lashley just you know tanks it with the chair, and then you know sidesteps it, and it never gets used. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but but I mean, like the weapons didn't really matter in the end. Yeah. Like, all that matters with the spear. Like it, what, nothing even finished with the you know yeah. with any of the weapons. Not, nothing finished anyone with the weapons. So it it just ended up being just window dressing on, on yeah. a match that already had rules. It was already extreme. They didn't need weapons to be in it. Um, I felt that, like, besides the obvious issues, I felt that the way that they set up Lashley to win, it was booked pretty well. I, I thought that it was just shitty that to win, he didn't face Punk or RVD or even Holly. Like, he didn't face everyone. He just faced two guys. I just felt as though, like, the way they did it was cool. It was sound. But you didn't have them, you know – go over really anybody you know he didn't really face anyone that he should have faced like 
There should have been some adversity. There should have been him yeah. facing someone. It didn't feel like he he tried at all. Like uh, there should have been a point where Bobby faced another baby face in the match. But it didn't happen. So yeah. um, this pay-per-view was, was considered a complete failure from top to bottom, critically and success-wise. It pulled in 90,000 buys in a time where paper, WWE pay-per-views were doing quadruple that. So Survivor Series did around 390K, for, for, for example. And this did 90K a couple of weeks after. Just terrible. That hurts. Yeah. Yeah, man. You, I, like, this is the first time, I, like, uh, outside of the, um, what is it, uh, the One Night Stand? This is the only like ECW WWE show that I've ever seen, and I could see why it tanked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, just the just the fallout from this was, was insane as well. Uh, less than less, less like I said, less than like a day or twenty four hours after that, WWE announced that that Vince had sent Heyman home and said that uh, the ratings of ECW and and the creative behind it was the reason why they they were missing him. Uh, it turns out in, in an interview with Heyman that he and and McMahon had clashed. They had had an argument uh, after producers meeting where Heyman was escorted <laughs> out of out of the out of the one of the arenas and sent home. Uh, literally the night after, he was pulled from the creative team, and then, and Vince put the blame on Heyman for the for their pay per view. And they you know he basically left the company after that, but he was still under under contract. Heyman was essentially against giving Lashley the, t- the title. Of course, as I said before, he wanted Punk to have it, which which Vince didn't like, which is interesting considering what would happen in, uh, I'd say, about three and a half, four years <laughs> with CM Punk. Um, but they they said that you know they they wanted someone else to have the have the title, and uh, you know Heyman essentially was basically saying this was a this was a disaster that would never work and you know he, he didn't want to be a part of it uh tommy dreamer and stevie richard tried to they even tried to leave the company right after the pay-per-view and they wouldn't let them leave so very shades of today <laughs> where they wouldn't let them out of, out of their contracts but uh, this essentially kind of marked the the end of the first half of ecw under on, under the wwe banner and what it will become and uh become this really weird misfit third brand that had a bunch of you know, characters that couldn't fit on Raw or SmackDown. And it had CM Punk, who would continue <laughs> on, you know, continue on there and, and uh, RVD would continue on. But I think that he would be gone as well. Uh, I think we're on the one night stand that would happen the next year. He, he would leave after that. Mm. And uh, as for Punk, uh, I think he was undefeated. Well, I mean, he lost here, but he was undefeated on, in a one-on-one match uh, until Hardcore Holly beat him. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and uh, he he would he would flounder essentially uh, on the, on the ECW brand, not really losing too much, but losing matches that he should have won, really. And and uh, before 2008, when he would have his real run. Okay, that's like the match where uh, like Just Incredible happened and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, no. For Just Incredible was his first match. Uh, I, I believe he oh, was okay, under, okay, he, okay. He, he beat uh, Just Incredible a lot. He he was repeating beating a lot of these guys, and uh, okay. that's essentially where where they had him at, or they slotted oh. him at for for the time being. So, just uh, never but he when it mattered. Yeah, exactly. And he would eventually. I mean, I think he lost to Johnny uh, to to John Morrison like three times before he finally won the ECW title. So there, there you have it. As far as that, as far as how they felt about him there foolishness <laughs> uh this show is bad yeah uh this show isn't fairly good um i wouldn't even recommend uh the hardy's match with eminem especially since they do it like on the next pay-per-view later like it's probably an infinite better match there oh the latter match is five times better yeah so it, it doesn't even really matter to me like I, I can't I can't recommend this fake review. Watch no. like highlights or something. Yeah, you, I, I would say watch a review. Listen to the review. You don't have to watch it. But but one <laughs> thing I can say is that people that said this was the worst pay per view ever, I can't drive with that. I, I don't think this is the worst pay per view ever. <laughs> I, I think that I think there's pay per views from this decade that are worse. There's TNA pay per views that are worse than this. 
This, there's TNA pay-per-views that had like established cards that that were not just two matches announced beforehand, and it had storylines that were built up for months and months that were worse than this. So yeah, I, I can't say that this is the worst pay-per-view of all time, but no, but it's pretty up there. But this was our uh, Christmas gift to you from Spot Callers to our audience. We watch a terrible show, and uh, we, <laughs> we will see you guys uh, in in uh, in the new year. Yeah. Been a been a great year of shows uh, from from lucha to to blood sports to December to December to stardom and and I, I can I I'm excited to see where the fans uh, of the show vote us in next year and I can't wait to see what Cyrus picks as well I, I think I got oh, some ideas geez. I got some ideas uh, for next year okay um just uh like just into like a look of next year we're probably going to be watching a lot of more lucha stuff because a lot of people want us to see us uh review those so there, there's probably going to be more than one lucha show this year no that's <laughs> going to be exciting and, and those shows are like six hours long so uh, get ready oh jesus christ <laughs> so as always you can follow us at rnc radio live you can follow me at og johnny five and cyrus at h underscore visibility on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and yeah, that, that is December to December. And that is the uh, the last episode of Spot Callers of the Year and of the Decade. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2020, baby. A whole yeah. new mess of shows. Very excited. Very excited. Uh, I want to thank everyone who listened to the show, everyone who sent in suggestions, everyone who uh, who really loves to hear our our views on on everything and my historical analysis because I lived through a lot of these shows and and I really mm-hmm. like going back to them. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. It's been an honor and a joy as always to to co-host the show with you, Cyrus, and I uh, can't wait to do more of this next year. All right. <laughs>